Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk brought to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos, and with me, as always, well, back, I guess, this time now, Palmer Toms. Palmer, what's good, brother? Yeah, Jake, you were you were ready to have me leave. I, I listened to that podcast and and I heard the slander. Uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll accept the and I'll I'll accept an apology anytime now. So uh, yeah, I, I heard <laughs> I heard the tears falling all the way in the case, well, brother, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> no, we we appreciate everybody who tuned in to that recruiting podcast. That was a fun one to do. Um, if you're looking for some insight on some of the guys who came last weekend. Uh, go check it out because uh, we covered most of the top names that were there and we'll have more to come over at dogs HQ for sure. Uh, Palmer, let's just dive right in on this one, man. Uh, Dogs do it again. And um, you know, now a unanimous number one in college football uh, received all 65 of the coaches poll votes Uh, had a lone one, lone one out there last week uh, to Iowa, but Hawkeyes fall to Purdue and dogs on top again, Handling a great opponent, uh, took down Kentucky, which I, I got to give a lot of credit to Kentucky. I thought that that was a very well-coached, um, very um, uh, talented team. I, I said last night it was the best it was the best Kentucky team I've seen since I've been watching Georgia football, and uh, they deserve a lot of credit. But, hey, dogs handled business, man, uh, once again. Um, I was on the road for a little bit of it. Palmer, what did you get to see, though? What were your takeaways from that game? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the Georgia defense here because to me that 
they, they allowed two touchdowns and they weren't happy about that, but they played with an incredible sense of pride. Uh, you saw it late in that game and in the way that they handled that last drive, Kentucky drove, I think it was 22 plays, uh, 24 plays, something like that, 75 yards. They had driven 74 yards. They were on that one yard line and, and you saw, you know, it was a, you know, 30 to seven game at that time, 23 point game. No, you know, had zero impact on the outcome of, of win or loss. You know, whether Georgia was going to win this game, whether Kentucky got in the end zone or not, but you saw the pride and passion of that defense show up, uh, you know, on that goal line, try and, you know, do everything that they could to keep Kentucky out of the end zone. First and goal, they, they stopped Will Levis over the top. A couple of Georgia players looked like they, uh, looked like they thought that they had the ball uh, out. You know, you saw Dan Jackson, a couple other guys pointing, you know, directing George's way, saying, hey, we, we got this ball out. We, we got it. The, the, the officials rule it dead and, and you know, end up being second and one from the, you know, second and goal from the one again. They, they try and punt, push it up the middle, stuffed again. And, and Georgia players thought that they, the game was over at that point. I think there were seven seconds left and, and Kentucky was scrambling to try and get a playoff. Uh, you know, with in the, as the clock was running down, uh, Georgia fans and and players thought that the game was over. Mark Stoops calls a timeout with four seconds left. That uh, you know, it upset a couple of Georgia fans. You, you heard the boos. You heard the boos as they were coming out of the stadium too. Uh, but um, well, you got know, to you got to assume it hurt some wallets as well. I think uh, to, to yes. miss out on that. That was yeah. that was where the real heartbreak was yesterday. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. But, uh, you know, Jordan, they give up a touchdown there. Um, and, and, you know, we talked to Adam Anderson and Nicobe Dean after the game and, and they were like, man, you know, we, we, you know, we won on the scoreboard, we, but we consider that a loss that we let them in our end zone there. Uh, that one hurts. That one's going to sting and, and stay with us. And that says a lot to me, um, you know, because when I look at the defenses, you know, what the defense's job yesterday was. It was to shut down Chris Rodriguez, you know, stop that, stop that Kentucky run game. He was the SEC leader coming into the game, had seven carries for seven yards. Check. Then, you know, that, that makes Kentucky one dimensional. If they, if they're in, you know, second and long, third and long, uh, you know, rather than second and medium, third and short, you know, they're going to have to pass the ball. And, and without Josh Ali on the outside, uh, their second option, they were very limited to that first option and Wandell Robinson. And, And he's, Top SEC leader in terms of receiving yards coming into Saturday. Um, Georgia had, you know, gave up 12 catches to him, but they limited limited his damage to 44 yards. He get, did get in the end zone on that last play, uh, you know, but kind of a kind of a cheapo touchdown there. If, if you know, if you're looking at things, um, I mean, I, what my point is that they didn't give up a big play touchdown to to Wandale Robinson, which he is fully capable of. Uh, you know, I, I think his, you know, average reception coming into this game was 16 something yards. I mean, it was insane. He, every time he was getting the ball, it was, it was a deep ball threat down the field. Kentucky wanted to take their shots, but they, they weren't able to able to capitalize on them because Georgia was putting the pressure on Will Levis took him down several times uh, and, and, you know, really did a good job of making Kentucky play left-handed. Uh, so to me, that was the biggest takeaway defensively. Um, offensively, you know, kudos Stetson Bennett again, two, three touchdowns, 250 yards. Uh, Brock Bowers comes back, you know, in, in full force, gets over 100 yards on the day, 101 and uh, two touchdowns on five catches, six targets from, from him. So, you know, to me, Bennett looked really solid. He was 14 of 20. 
you know, put, put some balls in tight spaces, uh, you know, found those tight ends a lot. Uh, you know, like I said, five receptions for Bowers, uh, Darnell Washington had two for 37. John Fitzpatrick had one for 20. Um, you know, the, I felt like the running backs played well. Um, overall, you know, it, Georgia didn't have the most explosive day on the ground. Uh, or, or, excuse me, they, they had a very explosive day. But it wasn't, you know, they, they didn't, you know, rack up a 200-yard game again. Right. Uh, would have been their fourth in a row. They rushed for 166 and one touchdown on the ground. But where Georgia really impressed me offensively was those explosive plays. I, I wrote it up this morning in Rest and React. Uh, if the, the, the stat system has a, has a big play function on it, and that is a passing play of 15 or more yards in a rush for 10 or more yards. Georgia had 17 big plays in this system. If you just look at plays of, of 20 yards or plus, you know, 20 plus yards overall, whether that's rushing or passing, they had 10. So, you know, they, they were, they, Georgia went two of seven on third down, you know, that that's not a great stat. And, and Kirby said that, you know, in, in, in full, you know, Halloween season, he said that was, that was spooky uh, that looking at that stat is a little bit spooky, but but when you can capitalize on explosive plays like they were able to do, you're still able to win games going two of seven on third down. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, and it, honestly, in most cases, I think third, I think two of seven on third down normally doesn't spell a, a dominant win. Um, but like you said, they were able to take advantage of those plays. Um, you know, again, I thought Stetson Bennett threw some beautiful balls uh, from what I saw uh, that pass to uh, Bowers right there, uh, right before, uh, right in the, uh, as he was going into the end zone, I guess, just a little touch pass. I mean, beautiful on that hit him right in stride looked like the McConkey pass, not quite as loaded up, obviously, but you know, some of that just hit, hit him in stride and let the guy make a play. Um, so uh, again, uh, impressive uh, there as well. You know, I guess, um, Overall, uh, you know, like I said, Georgia did what they did. And and the reality of it is we wrote this in the poll story over at Dogs HQ. This is probably it for ranked opponents. I mean, the, you, you're Florida probably not climbing back. Well, they're not going to they're certainly not going to climb back in there by the time you play them because they're on by this week as well. Um, but, you know, Georgia Tech doesn't feel like there's a path for them. Doesn't feel like Missouri is going to get there. Tennessee, I doubt it. Um, you know, after the the fall against uh, Ole Miss and the, the garbage throwing, uh, but you know, I think that it was. Um, so, it, I mean, we. I, anticipate- I, I'll, I'll stop you there. I think that there's a path for Tennessee. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't predict a win over Alabama. But okay, but sure. and uh, but I it wouldn't shock me if they beat Kentucky. I mean, that's that's a team that Tennessee has had their number, and uh, you know if they at least look good against Alabama and and then go beat Kentucky on the road. I don't know. I think that's, that's, I think that you could maybe maybe sneak your way in. That's a three loss team. I, I could be wrong. I could yeah. be wrong. That's a three loss team. I, I just don't I just don't see it for the balls. Well, and, I mean, and, I, and four I think they, and four I, if you if you beat out if you lose exactly. Alabama, right. I think that they've, I mean, they've vastly exceeded expectations this year, but I, I do think that it's, um, I, I just don't see them climbing back into the polls. So that's, that's, that's probably it for Georgia. I mean, with where the ranked opponents come, we, I mean, I remember when we were sitting back anticipating this stretch, right? Like this was going to be the big one. Right. And then, uh, you know, you've got Florida still, but you know, this is a, this is a whole different Florida team than the one that started that run. Uh, you know, when, if you look back three weeks now, Florida doesn't look like Florida anymore. Um, so a lot, lot of no, uh, they, were, they were. I mean, 
like uh, they were saying, they were coming off of that tough, you know, close loss to Alabama when we were yeah. you know, first starting right. that run and talking about this October stretch. Uh, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right that this is not the same Florida team. And, you know, it, it has been three straight ranked opponents and, and, you know, Florida is still Florida, but you're right. It's, it's not the same Florida team. And, and this schedule, uh, you know, at seven and zero headed into the bye week it's uh, it's setting up for potentially 12 and 0. I mean, yeah. you know, if it, I think the expectation would be 12 and 0. No question. Uh, you know, if, 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 if you've got five straight unranked opponents and the way that Georgia has played, if you're really the top team in the country, you're finishing this season 12 and 0. I agree completely. I mean, someone even asked me about it. I think it was one of the KSR guys last week about, you know, what's the expectation? And I, I said, look, you know, a loss in an SEC championship or a loss in a playoff game, that that feels a lot different, right? That that's a big there's a there's a lot of difference between those that and and an in-season loss. This is at this point, there's really not a lot of excuses for Georgia to not close this thing out in 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 perfect fashion. I, that's just my opinion. You know, I think it would be a huge, huge letdown. I I think that it fans would go crazy. I think that you know it would just it'd just be a bad look personally. And it it doesn't, you know. You, I know it's the SEC and any team can win any week, right? And everybody's going to have a bad game at some point. But the way that their upcoming opponents have played versus the way Georgia has played against ranked opponents, it's just there's just not a lot of margin for error, in my opinion, there. Um, you mentioned the bye week, and we are getting ready to get into that. If you uh, are, if you if you if you're like us, uh, perhaps it's a, a welcomed bye week. Uh, I'm sure Kirby Smart would. Uh, I'm sure Kirby Smart is welcoming it with open arms. Uh, dogs need a, a week off, you know, just to get some guys healthy, get some bodies back. You know, moving into this, Palmer. I guess when you're looking at this Georgia team, what's what's the most important things? to get done over the course of this bye week. I mean, who, who are the important pieces that you need to get back in order to, uh, you know, finish the stretch out strong? I mean, do we, do we need to start anywhere other than JT Daniels? I, I, I mean, look, Stetson's been great though. That's the thing. I mean, like Stetson's been really good. My, my leaning right now personally is more so Chris Smith. I think you want to get Chris Smith back in, involved and, and fully healthy, um, you know, cause I think he's played really well this year. Um, you know, I think it would be advantageous to get a a wide receiver healthy. Any of them, pick, take your pick of who of who you want. Um, you know, going in, yeah, going into this, I would have probably said JT, but given how Stetson's played the last three weeks, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it would. Be, I, of course, you want him healthy and back. And I think if he's back, he gets the start. Uh, I, I I still. Don't think that there's much of a controversy, or there shouldn't be, I, I, in my opinion. Uh, Stetson's done what he's been asked to do, but I think when you're talking about, you know, two and set, two of seven on third down, go look at what JT was doing on third down before he left. That, to me, is where the difference lies in between these two. He's a little bit more precise in those moments where he needs to be, and I think that that could be advantageous for Georgia moving into this. Uh, yeah, Bible- yeah, I mean – I mean, JT Daniels is a more polished passer than Stetson Bennett. Yes. Um, you know, the, and and that shows up on those third downs, like you said. Um, <clears throat> you know, to me, I, I look, looking, watching JT warm up these last couple of games against, you know, Arkansas, it was very light in what he was doing. 
Last week against Auburn, very light in what he was doing. Did a little bit more than he did against Arkansas, but but not as much as he did yesterday against Kentucky. And, and yesterday, you know, I, I was down on the field yesterday looking around and, and talking to some people saying, hey, that kind of looks like a, a, a pregame I'm, I'm playing uh, kind of warm up. Um, you know, he, he was putting some zip on the passes that he was not putting on it to, you know, a, a week ago, uh, you know, two, two, three weeks ago. Um, you know, I, to me, I think that JT Daniels is still, I, I agree with you that Stetson Bennett has played admirably and that you have to, you, you, you feel very confident in what you have in Stetson Bennett and, and what you can be with Stetson Bennett, you know, in, in my conversation, you know, with several win a national championship with Stetson Bennett at quarterback based on the pieces that are around them. You know, you've yeah. got the incredible playmakers that, sure. that need to get healthy. You've got this incredible defense that is, you know, going to dominate teams that they are playing. You could probably win games. And, and Georgia has won games. They've won three straight top 25 games <laughs> yeah. uh, against, you know, talented I mean, Stetson, teams. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett this year is not Stetson Bennett of last year. He's, he's 100%. Come long, he's come a long way. He's a, he looks like a different player. And I'll tell you this. I'm not really worried about the idea of a quarterback controversy for Georgia because I think really they're in a great spot with JT if when JT comes back because let them fight it out at practice. Let's let yeah. them go and let the best man take it and whoever's got the hot hand go. I I don't see any problem with it at this point. It, well, it, and and there's and, no controversy. And, it's not. It, it doesn't feel like a controversy to me. Will he? Will will he? Won't he? Like it, it doesn't matter. Just just. Whoever can win the game, just put that guy in and just go with it. Right, right. And and going back to what you said about he looks like a different quarterback than he was last year. Last year he was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his two losses that he got as a starter were against the eventual national champion, where the defense didn't do much to help him. Yep. And he was playing pretty good against Florida, the eventual SEC East champion. And his defense didn't help him there. I mean, yep. Georgia was up in that game when Stetson Bennett went out. Sure. So if he doesn't go out, who knows how that game goes? Because, you know, the, the, the tables turned once you turned to Dwan Mathis at quarterback there. And, and Georgia was not able to do much. Now, the play calling changed. The defense didn't do much to help. Would the, you know, how would, the, how would that have been played out with Stetson Bennett at quarterback? Who knows? You, you, you can't tell. But – Georgia knows that, that they feel very confident in Stetson Bennett. I mean, Kirby said so after the game. He's He said, look, guys, I don't know what you, you know. I, I know y'all don't think that Stetson was all that great last year, but to us, Stetson was pretty good. You know, the, the Stetson did his job, and, and like I said, lost to the eventual national champion and the eventual SEC East champion. Sure. So, you know, two top ten teams that he lost to, two potentially top five. I mean, Florida had a case for the playoff. I sure. mean, that, that was a good Florida team last year. So, you know, no, not a huge knock against Stetson Bennett. Uh, you know, they, they didn't look great all of last year, but he's looked a lot better this year. So, I, you know, I, I still stand by what I said. I think getting JT Daniels back and healthy is the most important thing. Uh, but but I, I completely agree with you that there are other guys that Georgia, you know, if if JT Daniels is, is not, you know, healthy and, and it has to be Stetson Bennett, you feel pretty good in, in what you've got there. And, and if the other guys around him, whether that's Jermaine Burton, Marcus Rosamy, sure. Arian Smith, Dominic Blaylock, 
uh, you know, like maybe George Pickens. Wow, I just named five wide receivers. <laughs> anyone, I just anyone. realized that. It's like I said, Any, just a guy. Just get one a, guy. One, two, three. You know, <laughs> if you can get any of those guys back, it, it would help because, you know, Georgia has been rolling out, you know, Adonai Mitchell, who has, you know, stepped up in, but was not you know, the player. That This is not the player they expected to have, uh, you know, Lead, yeah, I mean, leading the receiver, Lab McConkey and AD right. Mitchell Lad, not expected exactly. to be leading the receiver core. Period. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, Kyrus Jackson. You, you did if, not. If think you can get nobody came into this season for Georgia saying a tight end is going to lead this team in receiving. That's and and a, and a, a, among the wide receivers and B a freshman. That's, and among the wide receivers, Lad McConkey is going right, to be the right. leading receiver. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which says a lot about what Georgia has done up to this point. I, I yeah. mean, I I think that that give credit where credit is due. Kirby Smart has has done an incredible job. Todd Munkin has done an incredible job of this offense and, and play calling to the guys that he has healthy. Now, going back to the original question here, because I know we've gone on a huge tangent. <laughs> Getting getting those guys healthy in this bye week has got to be priority number one. Like, like, like I said, those five wide receivers, if you can get any of them back, huge help. If you can get Kenny McIntosh back, I mean, you know, that Georgia is is you know deep in that in that running back room, but but if you can get Kenny McIntosh back, he adds a little bit of a different element than some of those other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, maybe not a completely different element than what James Cook does, but but you know. McIntosh is a huge part of what Georgia does offensively and, and a huge part of what they do on special teams too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think throw in, um, you know, Jamari Salyer played yesterday and, and, and has t- ankle taped up, you know, way more than I've seen it. So you want to get him back completely comfortable, you know, so that that's not even a you know thought in the back of his mind. Uh, you you want to get guys on defense healthy in whether that's, Amir Speed out at corner, uh, like you said, Chris Smith at, at safety. Uh, you know, the, the, with the with the way that this secondary is banged up, you need those guys healthy. Yeah, you know, yeah. With losing Tyke Smith hurts because you know, not because he was making a huge impact on the field, but because he had a you know he was there to provide depth if someone went down. And and I Georgia guess, is down right now. I guess we haven't even. I, guess, I mean, you broke that story. We haven't even mentioned it. Uh, by the way, great scoop by Palmer Towns over on Dogs HQ. Breaking the news: Tyke Smith out for the year with an ACL tear. Like you said, I, I think it's yeah. I think that's a concern. Not that the guy was out there and doing it, but the fact of the matter is, you saw him the week before having to step into the game in an instance where a couple guys went down, and suddenly you were turning to this guy who hadn't played all year. The 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 secondary. Yes, I, I think secondary depth is still the maybe the biggest concern for Georgia just because there's not a lot of pieces back there. And if you're going to be if you're going to be able to challenge the defense, that's where you're going to be able to do it is in the secondary. And um, and and maybe that's the second, no pun intended, but maybe that's the secondary goal going into this bye week is is getting those guys in on the back end of the defense, uh, you know comfortable getting some of those younger guys ready yep. to play uh you know whether that's david daniel or kamari lassiter nylon green some some of those guys young guys are very bullard. capable of javon bullard too yeah. yep completely you know didn't even cross my mind there but he he's gotten some first team reps yeah uh you know throughout the year so you, you want to get those guys 
feeling comfortable in, in their roles. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's another thing that, that Georgia needs to address in this bye week. So I, I, I think health is absolutely number one. Uh, you know, it, the bye week comes at a perfect time, a, a time to, you know, Georgia went light last week against Kentucky in, in preparation. Kirby told us that Monday practice ahead of Kentucky. You had coming to. off of, you had to exactly coming off of two physical games against Arkansas and Auburn. You had and going into another one against Kentucky with the way that Georgia was banged up, you had to. And it didn't. Know, and it didn't. And it didn't even guarantee any. I mean, you still lost a guy for the year, even going light. So, and, and you and you really didn't get that many guys back that were banged up. Right. So yep. you know, I, I mean, Georgia went out there and and was hopeful to get Jermaine Burton back, hopeful to get Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint back. Uh, you know, two guys that Kirby felt confident that they were going to be back. And and both of it, granted, both of them played. Both of them were in there for, I think it was one snap. Uh, you know, Georgia called Marcus Rosemey ran out there for a play. Uh, Georgia had to call a timeout on a third down, uh, you know, because of a miscommunication. And uh, then he ended up going back out after the timeout. But I believe that might have been his only play. I want to say Jermaine Burton was on the field at, at that same time. Uh, but but there, there was certainly one point where he was in the game and, and I saw him trotting off the field. Um, but, you know, neither one of those guys made a huge impact. And I think that that's something that Georgia's goal last week in, in going light was to allow those guys to get back and feel comfortable and be able to make an impact. And they weren't able to do that. So going into this bye week where you don't have to prepare for an opponent on Saturday, where you can take things a little bit lighter. Maybe you take the pads off on Monday or Tuesday, you know, and, and you go through, you know, just a walkthrough and let these guys, you know, t- take heal. some time off. Let them heal. heal. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I think, I think getting guys ready to play and step into bigger roles. I think this is always a time that you see that, you know, some of these young guys, some of these freshmen step up, and play big roles, uh, you know, in, in the later half of the season, um, you know, and, and you got to get healthy. So the, to me, those are the two biggest concerns for Georgia right now. Uh, and, and, you know, no better time to address those concerns than the bye week. No, no, completely. I, I agree as well. Um, you know, also a little bit of time to, you know, touch base with the recruits, spend a little bit of, uh, you know, spend some time doing that. And, we're coming off of uh, another big pickup on the recruiting trail for the Georgia Bulldogs. Last, uh, what was it, Wednesday, I guess it was, um, Georgia gets uh, the commitment of four-star tight end Oscar Delt. Not a huge shock. I don't think anybody was anticipating anything other than that. But, look, it, don't let that diminish the pickup, all right? This is a guy who can really do it all. I had a chance to speak with his head coach uh, after, the, after the commitment. Basically said, you know, that this kid is – He's the new breed, man. I mean, he's he is he's what you know Brock Bowers is, and I wrote this in the breakdown. He's what Brock Bowers is, except Oscar Delp actually might be six four. You know, <laughs> Brock Bowers is probably six two and a half if we're being realistic about it. Six three maybe. He's doing it with another couple inches probably. I mean, he's he's a big body kid, and so um, you know a guy who's capable of splitting out wide. A guy who can play tight end in line. He can block in line if you need him to do that. Drop into H back, you know, serve back there. I mean, just does it all. And, you know, is a guy that Georgia, quite frankly, I don't think they could have afforded to miss on because they kind of put all their eggs in the Oscar Delt basket. 
you know, they did not recruit a lot of tight ends in this class. They didn't spend much time recruiting anybody that they did offer uh, other than Oscar Delp. So, I mean, it, it was a big pickup, but it was also a really necessary one. And, and shout out, by the way, to Todd Hartley, man. What a role that guy has Georgia on between Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, you know, John Fitzpatrick's coming. A, a John Fitzpatrick's done a hell of a job, um, you know, and he's already got Pierce Sperlin committed for 2023. I feel good about their chances with loss and lucky in 2023. I mean, this guy's on a tear, and that's weird to say for a, a tight end coach, but uh, he's he's really sort of brought back that, you know, Georgia had that stretch there in the 2000s where they were in the early 2000s, you know, your Ben Watsons and your uh, uh, Leonard Popes and, and you know, every it was it was a position they were known for even outside of running back. Uh, I think they're they very much put themselves back in there. It's hard to ignore what Brock Bowers has done, certainly uh, as well. Um, but like I said, big pickup. And then Thursday night, we were out at uh, North Gwinnett catching the North Gwinnett Collins Hill game where Kirby brought in the Kirby copter and uh, flew in on the baseball field over there at uh, North Gwinnett, um, came in to, uh, you know, see that game. There were a few guys, there were a few guys, you know, for him to check out there. I really think that one came down to uh, sending a message to Travis Hunter, uh, who was on the sidelines for that one and uh, out there. Uh, you know, uh, cheering on his uh, his Eagles. Now he came out and said on TV, like, hey, stop the noise. Don't you know, don't we're not decommitting. I'm a knoll, you know, shut it all down. And I get that. It's what he has to say. And I really think that I, I think he means, it, to be honest with you, I think that he's really invested in this commitment. Um, but I'll tell you this. He's shown up now to Georgia two games in a row. Kirby Smart takes the chopper to go see him it's clear that there's at least some conversation happening, right? That we can, we can all at least admit that. Um, so I think that it, it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out over the course of the season, especially based on, you know, the second half of the season, how did the Knowles perform? You know, what's, what's kind of the vibe around Florida state. Like I said, I'm not predicting a, a Travis Hunter flip. Don't put me on record saying anything like that. Uh, Cause I, that's not what I'm picking right now. I just think that things are clearly getting interesting uh, when it comes to Georgia and Travis Hunter. Um, all right. Like I said, I guess that's, that's it for me. I mean, it's bye week, baby. Let's, let's relax, you know, pour, pour ourselves a couple cold beers and uh, kick the feet up and, you know, watch some football. That's not Georgia football this weekend. Uh, you know, God bless them. They've been playing well, but their games aren't that interesting for the most part. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll get a couple good matchups this weekend. Uh, Palmer, you got anything else, buddy? No, no. <clears throat> you know, I'm with you. I think that this is a big opportunity for Georgia to, you know, regroup and, uh, you know, get ready to go for the rest of the season. You know, re re regroup, recruit, uh, and, and you know, get ready to go. Uh, you know, Kirby said so after the game uh, and, and said that, hey, this is a great time for him to, you know, spend a little bit of time with his family Say you know, I would say the same goes for all these coaches, but also he he, he emphasized I love recruiting and and I'm gonna get out there and and you know go see some of these kids. So uh, you know certainly stay tuned on on Dogs HQ this week, and uh, you know I'm I'm sure we'll have some news for you this week throughout on the as as Kirby hits the recruiting trail. Yeah. Um, you know by a week, but but you know no time off for uh you know no no sleep for us over here. Uh, you know th there's always news and uh. You know, certainly an exciting time to to be a, a fan of Georgia and, and certainly an exciting time to be covering Georgia. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. 
All right, folks, enjoy your bye week. Make sure to swing over to Dogs HQ during it uh, because, like Palmer said, uh, just because the dogs are off doesn't mean we are. Uh, we're still going to be pumping out content and have you covered on all things Georgia over there. So come join us. Come check us out. Come hang with us. We would appreciate it. For Palmer Toms, I'm Jake Roos. This has been Dog Walk Talk. Catch you guys next time. Thanks. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.